The Insulone Podcast is brought to you by Cybionics, an emerging CGM brand that focuses on simplifying how individuals aged 18 and above monitor and control their blood sugar levels. Upon becoming available on the market, the Cybionics GS1 CGM has helped users worldwide navigate the complexities of diabetes management with more confidence and peace of mind. Thanks to Cybionics, now more people are able to view and share their real-time glucose data, receive customizable glucose alarms, and generate full AGP reports, all directly from an intuitive Cybionics app, empowering them with the necessary information to make better decisions about their health. Cybionics combines data accuracy and comfort of wear, which is important to us all, with a feature-rich app. The 14-day scanning-free and calibration-free Cybionics GS1 CGM aims to deliver reliable, seamless diabetes management experiences. For more, check out CybionicsCGM.com. This is the Insulone Podcast, where I, own Costello, try to redefine diabetes. In this week's episode, I don't want people to almost be under the impression that because they're seeing CGMs publicly on people who aren't diabetic and seeing that they're quite consistent because they're not diabetic. I don't want people to lessen the extent of what diabetes is. But before we get into that, everything you hear on the Insulin podcast is from my own personal experience. And if you have any worries or issues regarding your diabetes, please contact a medical professional. Now, let's get stuck into this episode. Good morning and welcome back to the Insulone Podcast. As always, every week it is my pleasure and Graham's pleasure for you to join us on this episode. What's wrong, Graham? You look so confused. I think that I, I'm trying to figure out, is there an alarm no, no, no. going off? Can you, you hear? Ruin my introduction here. Sorry. <laughs> Can you hear an alarm in the background? Yeah, yeah. Just, it's yeah, really slightly. annoying. That just started as we pressed record. Be quiet yeah. for a second. Let's hear. Is it gone? No, it's still going. I think it's from the other apartment block across from me. It's all good. The whole thing just lights on fire. Do you know what I'll do? I'll, st- I'll mute my microphone when you're talking. Just <laughs> See, can, Okay, I'm going to mute my microphone now so you just sound better. I don't think it really makes a difference. All right, then I'm back. Oh, I can kind of hear it now. Go over, make 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 sure everybody's okay. <laughs> They're all right. I I care more about diabetics than I do these people across. Well, that's true. We're trying that's to put out the, the the fire in diabetes here. That's what Absolutely. we're trying to do. Lutely. Sorry, do you want to do your intro again before I rudely interrupted you? Very rudely. No, I don't that's want to do it again. Let's just continue. Okay. Let's continue. Graham, how are you? I'm good. I'm very excited because uh, I'm I'm going to the United States myself this week. Mm. I'm going to Memphis and Nashville for a week's long holiday. So I wonder if there's any people who listen to the Insulone podcast from that area, from Tennessee, any recommendations as to what I should do, what honky tonk bars <laughs> that I should visit in Memphis and Nashville. You can send me a DM on Instagram if you want, at Instagram O'Toole. Uh, I'm more than open to suggestions. Uh, I, I, we've booked Graceland, so we're going to see Elvis's house. We've booked the Civil Rights Museum. We've booked the Johnny Cash Museum. Um, Sun Studios 
and the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So we've got a lot of stuff to do. You've the whole thing planned. Yeah, we're... Me and are Claire, you... Well, are I'm you, not. I'm not the planner, Claire. Well, I was going to say. All right. I, is Claire one of those people that has to have, like, everything perfectly outlined before she even steps foot on the plane? Absolutely. And even though this is, quote-unquote, my holiday, because I'm the one who wants to go to Nashville and Memphis... She was there. She was like, no, okay, what are we doing Monday? We're doing this Tuesday. We're doing this Wednesday. I'm so annoyed, though. I really wanted to go to an NBA game. I've never been to one. And the Memphis Grizzlies play 15-minute walk away from where we're staying in Memphis. And I looked up the times, and I was like, oh, unreal. Yeah, they're playing the night the night after we land. They're playing the Orlando Mad... No, the Houston Rockets. I was like, this is going to be class. But Owen, you know what me, and if you're a long-time listener to this show, I sometimes have difficulties with time zones. And when I looked oh, it up, yeah. it gave me the date in Ireland. And then when I looked it up again, it gave me the date before because that one gave me the American time. So it's actually the night I land. Ah. And I have a three-hour journey on the American roads to drive when we land in Nashville going straight to Memphis. And we don't, won't get into like 1 or 2 a.m. in the morning. So Are you renting a car? Yeah. Have you driven on the other side of the road before? Yeah, so I've driven in Italy and that was a nightmare because literally all those coast roads along the side of cliffs that you see in the movies. That's exactly that's, what I was just thinking about. That's what I was on. It was a nightmare. <laughs> like and, the Italian job side of kind oh, of roads. <laughs> insane. And I drove in Canada before. So when I went back on holidays there a couple of years ago, I, drew, I did Vancouver to Whistler and we just rented a car then. So yeah, I'm I'm well used to it. So it'll be fine. But it's just did we drive? Did we drive in Canada when we were there? Don't think so. No, I think we got the bus. Bus mm, places. Okay. No, I don't think anyone rented a car. Two of my clients are actually living in Nashville. Well, from Nashville, so you can oh, yeah? you can meet them for a workout. Yeah. Absolutely. I'll get I'll get some recommendations for you from Dude. them to see Dude. what they say. Will we get into today's episode? We're going to do an email episode today. So remind us, Graham, what is an email episode? An email episode is when people email the podcast about absolutely anything. It can be about an episode that they were listening to that they enjoyed and they want to comment on, or it's about a story. Maybe they've been diagnosed for 20 or 30 years and they want to let us know how, I don't know, their diabetes management has changed over time, or maybe they're newly diagnosed and they just found the podcast. You can literally email us about anything. We love hearing your stories. You can email us on theinsulowenpodcast at gmail.com and you can just click the link below where the link is there for the email too. Right. Speaking of newly diagnosed, here we go. New listener episode or email number one. New listener, Katrina Murphy. Katrina says, hello, Owen, just a line to say I've just discovered your podcast. Thank you so much. Listening to your upbeat can do attitude has been an absolute lifesaver. I was diagnosed with type one diabetes on the 2nd of December 2022, aged 49 and just getting to grips with it. I was lucky enough to get a Dexcom G7 within three weeks, which is helping the learning hugely. Mm. Your podcast is a wealth of tips, information and knowledge of a full life lived well with type 1 diabetes. So I'm just about ready to stop the six finger pricking a day now, maybe down to two, (laughs) that I understand the arrows on the Dexcom app. I just listened to Geraldine Rogers and Mary Lennon's 
two-part interviews and they have helped me so much. Thank you. I will go hiking this year. I will go on holidays. I will do my gardening and I will learn about carbs, food and insulin timing and units and I will bring diabetes along with me for the rest of my life. It'll be my reason, as you say. Thank you. And that is from Katrina. That's such a lovely message. Such a nice message. Thank you so much, Katrina. Really appreciate you reaching out. It always means a lot. And really appreciate you listening to the podcast. It's um, always nice to hear, obviously sad that you've been diagnosed. I understand how much of a shock it can be. But it's always nice to to know that the podcast is uh, almost like an, an instantly helpful resource for people when they're newly diagnosed so thank you so much Katrina and as you say you will do all of these things 100% it's all just about learning and we talk about learning and and your awareness and approach so much on this podcast that's what diabetes is the more that you know the more that you learn the more aware you are of food exercise insulin all these different things you give yourself so much more time and energy and effort away from your diabetes and these are all things that you will learn over time so just be patient with yourself that's a big one but uh try and how do i say this try and make it somewhat enjoyable because Mm -hmm. there will be inevitably highs and lows that's just a matter of fact so try and make your understanding and awareness of those inevitable highs and lows as enjoyable as possible because it can be an enjoyable process to learn about your body, learn about food, learn about exercise, learn about stress. When you have it as a part of your life that, yes, it's frustrating from time to time. Yes, it will test you from time to time. But if it is a part of your life that you can find some sense of fulfillment or enjoyment from, you're already at an advantage. So thank you, Katrina. Much appreciated. Kind of unrelated but related to is when you just said, use it as an opportunity to learn about your body something interesting that popped up yesterday when i was watching are you aware you aware of those netflix shows which basically fly in the wall they fall around sports stars like drive to survive with formula one and there's a new one out now with golf called full swing heard of it yeah heard of it. haven't seen it so i was watching it I yesterday yeah i was watching yeah, it yesterday yeah. and probably one of the number one golfers in the world i don't know much about golf but probably one of the most recognized golfers is Rory McIlroy. Mm. And I saw him on this full swing Netflix show and he was doing an interview and he's wearing a polo t-shirt and I spotted a CGM and I immediately took out my phone. And I was like, is Rory <laughs> McIlroy diabetic? <laughs> Get him on the podcast. What? Get him on the podcast. But no, he's not. And what's happening is sports stars are using CGMs to learn about their body and learn what kind of increases their blood sugar, what decreases their blood sugar, and basically what diabetics have to go through all the time. So I found that really interesting that he's Mm. using that to give him that extra percent in one of the most competitive sports in the world. Mm. I don't don't know how you, how do diabetics feel about that? I I was just going to say, is it a tricky one? It is. It's an, let's call it an interesting one, right? Mm. Because... I've seen and I've spoken to so many diabetics who on one side, people are like, oh, it's amazing because, you know, it will raise awareness for diabetes and yada, yada, yada. And other people are like, it's a disgrace. If you don't need one, you shouldn't have a CGM and these kind of things. I haven't really thought about it too much, to be quite honest with you. I would find it fascinating to see, and let's call them an elite athlete's 
blood sugar over time anyway i would just find that like a really interesting process to go through and to see the results the thing about it is if you if you're to compare a cgm or the, the let's call it the cgm reports or an elite athlete's blood sugar who doesn't have diabetes who's wearing cgm if you were to compare that to just a normal person living with type 1 diabetes those graphs would be very 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 different because mm. obviously rory mcelroy's body is going to naturally regulate blood sugar it's going to naturally secrete insulin it's going to naturally essentially manage itself so the highs and the lows potentially that you will see on rory mcelroy's McElroy, graph will be minuscule compared to somebody who potentially is really struggling with their diabetes right now so what i don't want to happen and again i haven't really actually thought about this i'm just thinking about it now what i don't want to happen is for people to more commonly wear cgms and see the same graphs see the same reports as somebody living with type 1 diabetes and almost lessen the extent of what diabetes actually is because mm. If someone who is completely unrelated to diabetes doesn't know anything about it and they see a CGM for the first time on somebody like Rory McIlroy and they're talking about highs and lows or whatever it might be or regulating blood sugar and these kind of things, because Rory McIlroy's graph will be very, very, very stable because he's not diabetic, Somebody who doesn't have diabetes from the outside looking in at that would be like, oh, yeah, well, that's kind of your blood sugar. It's relatively, it's quite stable naturally. So I don't want people to almost be under the impression that because they're seeing CGMs publicly on people who aren't diabetic and seeing that they're quite consistent because they're not diabetic. I don't want people to lessen the extent of what diabetes is because that's what they're kind of am i explaining this am i explaining this correctly it's like yeah, yeah. you don't want them to look at a graph from an athlete or a celebrity because that's likely the graph that they will see because it will be publicized and then see somebody who actually lives with type 1 diabetes and be like oh yeah sure your blood sugars are kept pretty stable anyway because that's the graph that they're used to seeing yeah yeah, it, it, I explain it, that. Yeah, I explain it, that it, could kind of, it could kind of get into a, a sense of trivializing diabetes as well. Yeah. And you don't know, I, I don't know as a non-diabetic, the difficulty it will take to get that straight line with the graph that I see you sharing on your Instagram from your clients yeah. and for you. And I know if I wore CGM, my line is probably straight. And if I shared mine and then you see someone else who's struggling and they're up and they're down, people are like, mm -hmm. well, why isn't it straight? Because, you know, Graham's was straight. But exactly. yeah. nobody knows how difficult it is to keep a straight line when you have diabetes mm -hmm. apart from the diabetic. So I do understand what you're saying. Let's even just quickly, I think this will almost be an interesting process because it'll, it'll essentially come to me automatically because I've been living with diabetes for so long, right? Let's say you have a CGM on your arm, mm -hmm. Graham, and I have mm -hmm. obviously a CGM on me right now. We both have 
let's say you're consciously thinking about your blood sugar, but you're not actually diabetic. We both have the end goal or the consistent goal throughout the day of keeping that blood sugar line, that graph, as stable as possible. That's the goal. Everybody living with diabetes wants their blood sugar to be as stable as possible. Yeah. But the reality between what's actually required for you compared to me to get that end goal or to get that consistent goal with blood sugar is just completely different. So the life that I live to get that graph compared to the life that you live to get that graph, worlds and worlds apart, physically, mentally, and emotionally. Mm -hmm. So for me to get the graph that you have naturally, essentially, let's just even quickly go through a brief example of the different thought processes in my day from the moment my alarm goes off. Right. Yeah. Well, I'll just go really quickly. Before we press record, I had in my head, oh, a pretty, not manic, but pretty busy morning. So went out to the shop, came back, went to the gym, did an hour and a half in the gym, came back from the gym, had a protein shake, jumped in the shower, came out of the shower, had eggs on toast and a coffee, and then I sat down here in front of you. I didn't once think about my blood sugar, but I know yeah. that <laughs> my, 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 my levels are probably straight. Mm. of a straight line because my pancreas is doing its job and if I was wearing a CGM it would probably like show little kind of indents in when I'm in the gym but my pancreas would react to that so mm. I didn't have to think about it at all okay so you uh, <laughs> yeah this is actually a good way to do so my alarm went off this morning the very 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 first thing I do when my alarm goes off is I check my blood sugar right so my alarm went off I check my blood sugar with my Dexcom I then double-checked my blood sugar with my finger prick because my Dexcom said I was higher than I was. I didn't feel that high, so I double-checked with a finger prick. Next thing I wanted to do was have a shower, but I didn't want to have a hot shower because I knew that it's inclined to bring my blood sugar down, so I had a cold shower because of that. Well, I actually have a cold shower anyway because I like them in the morning. After my cold shower, I walked around the block for a minute, had to double check blood sugar that they weren't going to be too low with the walk itself. After I came home from the walk, I naturally had a bit of a spike in blood sugar when my CGM was telling me that. And I was thinking, is that dawn phenomenon? Is that stress from the morning? Because I have a good bit to do today. And again, double checked my finger prick, wasn't entirely sure. I was actually in range. I wanted a coffee, but it was still too early where my insulin resistance was going to be too high. And if that coffee is had too early, it has a greater impact on my blood sugar. So what I wanted to do was hold off on my coffee, take a unit of insulin to counteract the expected foot to floor to a certain extent, which is a natural rise in blood sugar. Held off on the coffee, wanted my insulin to work slightly before having the coffee, had it. And now because it's five minutes to 10 in my head and almost automatically I'm thinking I need to take my background insulin in six minutes. And that's just my diabetes. It's not even 10 (laughs) a.m. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For me, it's 2 p.m. now in Dublin. (laughs) (laughs) And um, then on top of that, Right. I love what I do. I really, really love what I do. 
but I am constantly thinking about everybody's blood sugar in my program as well as mine. <laughs> so it's almost like I think about my blood sugar first in the morning and then it's like this person, 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 this person because I want their blood sugar to be as stable as they can too. But we were just talking about ours and the difference that it requires. Um, yeah. But that's the first 30 minutes of the day, you know? So I know we're kind of going off track here from the email questions or the emails that we got in, but on average, apparently there's, I don't know where these statistics come from, but I would absolutely agree. On average, if you live with type one diabetes, there's, there's an additional 180 to 320 decisions you make every single day of the week. And it's almost the way I look at it, it's like when you live with diabetes, you have your normal consciousness of, you know, this is my life. This is my work. These are my friends. These are, this is my family. This is what I have to do today, whatever it is. But then it's like the, the, the other half or just the other consciousness that you have is everything diabetes related and everything diabetes related can and will have an impact on everything completely unrelated to diabetes. Because if I have a job to do that is completely unrelated to diabetes, my diabetes can and will affect that. Because let's say it's a physical job. It doesn't have anything got to do with diabetes, but because I'm doing a physical job, I need to be mindful of the movement, the food that I've eaten, the insulin that I've taken. How long am I going to do it for? How intense is it going to be? Or if I'm really tired and I want to get an early night's sleep, I still need to be mindful of, is this earlier than I usually take my background insulin? When's the last time I ate a meal? Was it high in fat? Was it high in protein? Was it high in carbohydrate? Do I have too much insulin on board before going to sleep? So, and, I'm, and am I kind of wary of that because I don't want to risk going low while I'm asleep? So... I know Katrina's probably listening to this podcast and she's like really newly diagnosed and I'm saying loads of things just kind of off the bat. I'm not saying this in a way that I want people to be overwhelmed because you don't have to be. Yes, there is like there are loads of things that you need to consider and think about. But over time, much like what I was saying in response to Katrina's email, your, your understanding and your awareness gives you the ability to just think about and consider all these things without even thinking about them or considering them, essentially. All the decisions that I've gone through or my thought process, even just that I've kind of taken you through there step by step just from this morning, they were all done automatically in my head. I didn't spend time, energy and effort making those decisions. It was just boom, 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 because it's just part of my life. And the way I look at it, it's like you want to be so confident. You want to be so clear about your diabetes management that it takes up as little time as possible. The goal for me is, and we speak about it a lot in my program, it's like you want your diabetes to be automatic as much as possible. Because when you have automatic management, you're putting in less time, you're putting in less energy, you're putting in less effort, but your bloods are still managed at the height that you want them to be managed at. So 
when you have that confidence and that that clarity around things, yes, there's highs, yes, there's lows, there's there always will be, but it gives you time away from it. So it's not that thing that's like constantly driving you insane. It's just part of your day. But just going back to Rory McIlroy, I actually think he's a good guy. <laughs> Regardless of if he's wearing a CGM or not. I, I just I went off on one there, I feel. He comes across really well in full swing if you're watching it. He's, he seems like he's one of the good guys out there. Uh, one more thing I want to no, point out. I'm not out. saying that in a bad way. I'm, no, like, no, I'm, I'm sure. joking, I'm joking. I know okay. you're not. No, you're not. No, you're not. <laughs> and one more thing I want to say about Katrina's email. Oh, there is, we go. Oh, there's oh, my, there's my Instagram now? now. Is this for, uh, what do we got to take? Oh, we got to take our basil. There you go. T- take it there. Uh, one thing I want to say as well is, and I know I said it at the top of the episode, about get your stories into us. In this email, Katrina said, I just listened to Geraldine Rogers and Mary Lennons, and I'm nearly certain that both Geraldine and Mary were initial emails that came in that we recognized were really good stories, and we tapped them up to see, would you like to come on as a guest? Mm. They ended up doing that, which was fantastic. And Katrina says, both those interviews, two parts, have helped me so much. Thank you. Well, thank you, Geraldine, and thank you, Mary, for contacting the show. And that's what happens. Your story, no matter how insignificant you might think it is, might end up helping out somebody else around the world with type 1 diabetes. And that's why we love getting your emails in. And if you do have any, theinsulonepodcast at gmail.com. I know this episode took... Uh, a different turn than we were expecting, but I think <laughs> I, I like those episodes on. I like those ones where we kind of uh, take it in different directions mm. and we end up talking about golf. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And even just a quick one on, on the guests, like that's, that's the, the fantastic thing about the guests on this podcast is the fact that some of them do like unbelievable or achieve unbelievable things where like you climb Mount Everest or you run across Canada or you do all these marathons or whatever it might be. But then equally just as impressive and equally just as important are the people who just live their life how they want to live it with their diabetes and talk about challenges that they faced or how they've dealt with something or how long they've lived with diabetes for or how they've managed it despite only being diagnosed for six months. And that's the amazing thing about the guests that we have. It's like every story or every challenge that they faced or whatever it might be can have a significant beneficial impact on somebody else listening, which is is amazing. Yeah. Unreal. That's good for this week, Owen. What do you think? I think we're happy enough with that. Maybe further episodes about golf. I might actually watch an episode of that this evening. Is it just about more Rory McIlroy? No. So I think there's six or seven episodes and each episode they follow a different golfer or golfers and just find out their story behind the scenes. It's very good. Okay. So it's very interesting. Rory McIlroy is the final episode. I'd also be interested to know for anybody listening to this episode who has watched it or anybody who has an opinion on people who aren't diabetic wearing a CGM, let us know in an email. I'd love to hear other people's perspectives around how they feel about it. Good or bad or indifferent. But as always, have a good day. Have a good week. Look after your blood sugars. We will chat to you shortly. I love you. Love you, Graham. (laughs) Chat to you soon. You too. Good luck.